It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. G'day, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. Thanks for joining us. Just gone midday Australian Eastern uh, standard time, um, you've tuned in for the call, um, which happens at midday every weekday here on Ausbiz, uh, where you send us in 10 stocks that you'd like us to have a look at. I put them to our expert panel today, uh, our, our two foes from uh, uh, from uh, different states. You couldn't get two blokes that are further apart not only geographically, but also, um, I, I think, personality-wise. Uh, Andrew Wylett from uh, DP Wealth Advisory in, in little old Toowoomba there in Queensland. Andrew, how are you? Koshy, I mean, look, we have a lot of differences, Henry and I. He's OK. He yeah. <laughs> and from the, from, the, from the big smoke, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Henry, how are you? Hi, Koshy. How are you, Good Andrew? Good to see you. Although you're both colleagues at Macquarie for many years as well, aren't you? I think so we you're didn't. You're old mates. We are old mates, but I don't think we quite overlapped. Right. Um, I don't think okay. we were there quite at the same time, but um, certainly mate against mate, state against state. Yep, exactly. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, but, right. you know, Andrew's a lovely guy and we get on very well. Oh, well, gee, that's a big grab. Not sure Andrew agrees with that, but anyhow. <laughs> uh, we always have a fascinating discussion when these two guys are on, so... Let's get straight into it. Uh, you've asked us to have a look at Centrex Cube Holdings, the Global X India Nifty 50 ETF, um, which uh, I think is a great name, isn't it? Um, and also the iShares Core S&P 500 ETF. Of course, we have the uh, ETF Whisperer on today, so we tend to uh, bring out your questions for ETFs. Uh, Stock of the day, though, which I picked something in the news, thought we'd take a look at Harvey Norman, has downgraded its earnings guidance, forecasting full-year underlying profit of around $670 million. Net property revaluations for 12 months are expected to be approximately $119 million. Bit of an update on Harvey Norman there. On a day where the inflation figure surprised us all on the good side, uh, dropping to 5.6%, easing pressure on the Reserve Bank to uh, maybe not increase interest rates next week. Um, Henry Jennings, first of all, interest rate, um, inflation uh, figure, good for the market, good for retailers, do you think? Uh, yes, very good. Uh, it was a very good figure, wasn't it? Yep. We even had uh, the Canadian figure came out last night as well. 3.4%. Wow. We're 5.6. Our yep. economies are not dissimilar in lots yep. of ways, both are very much focused on resources. So that is a good sign. 5.6 is a cracking number. Yep. From 6.8 to 5.6, that's there, a, there a big was, drop. It is a big drop. There was a bit of a statistical anomaly last month, right. uh, which pushed it up. And everyone got really uh, sort of uh, their, their knickers in a bit of a twist about that. This number is a good number. And of course, we've got the RBA next week. Yes. You would have to think that Phil Lowe 
is going to be less hated maybe come Tuesday at about 2.31 because yeah. we might see him actually pause yep. and wait and see how this pans out. This is a, a monthly figure though. Yes. So bear in mind, monthly figures are a new thing that the ABS has brought in. Uh, we used to just only rely on quarterlies. Yeah. But uh, interestingly, while I was driving in today to the studio from God's country up on the northern beaches, uh, petroleum, petrol in the garage, had a $1.60, yeah, yeah, not, wow. not, not quite that low, but 167, 168. Now that is a big, big plus yep. as yep. far as inflation goes. And we're seeing that in the figures and we could continue to see that as long as the oil price stays low. So yeah, I think this is, um, this is a pretty good mm. number. The market loved it. Yep. After all that angst that we had last week oh, on no. uh, Thursday and Friday, um, here we are fighting out of the way back again. Okay, is it good for retailers? What do you uh, think of and in particular, Harvey Norman? I, I think uh, it is certainly better for retailers. Retailers have been punished recently. It's been downgrade after downgrade after downgrade. Yep. I guess the good thing you could say about Harvey Norman, it wasn't really much of a downgrade or an upgrade, really. It was just a sort of an update Date. more yes. than anything else. Lots of shorts around in this stock. People love to hate it. It's also not the most transparent of stocks. Counting issues have always sort of been uh, question marks over Harvey Norman. Big property portfolio that's being revalued, obviously. Uh, that's part of the uplift. Uh, but also, it doesn't look as if things are as bad as some thought. It's up mm. four and a bit percent today. Yeah. Other retailers, I suspect, will breathe a bit of a sigh of relief as well yep. and say, okay, maybe things aren't as bad. But um, good number from inflation, that does help retailers. Is Harvey Norman on your buy list at the moment? No. No? No. I think there's other retailers that have been really smacked. Uh, Premier Investments yep. uh, is one. Uh, I guess LaVisa is another one. That yep. has been well and truly uh, hit very hard. So that there's a number of retails, Universal Stores as well. Uh, that's been hit hard. So if you're looking around for bargains in the retail space, looking at beyond the horizon, I guess uh, there are probably ones that interest me more than Harvey Norman. Right. I still get, struggle to get my head around the fact that it's it's a property company that has franchisees and that sells. It's yes. it's all a bit it's complex. complex. It's quite complex. But they of, they do own all stores though. They, they do own all stores. It's like McDonald's. McDonald's yeah. doesn't sell hamburgers. McDonald's yeah. is a property oh, company, like um, and and Harvey Norman to some extent. Uh, is a bit of a property play, okay. and that's what Jerry Harvey always says. The property's worth this, why aren't you valuing us? Yep. But you know, yep. the, the only tenants for those properties tends to be Harvey Norman. Harvey Norman. <laughs> so so <laughs> think, who else is going to take them? You'd think you'd do yourself a good deal on the rent. Yeah, yeah anyhow. I'd say so. Uh, so I know uh, if you're on Harvey Norman, Andrew, uh, first of all, bullish for the, the market with this inflation figure? Yeah, no, that, as, uh, as Henry said, you know, the market was expecting a number with a six. Yeah. So, in, with, like, as in starting with a six to, to come in at 5.6 was a pleasant surprise. Uh, and obviously, that's why, you know, things are kicking along today. It takes a little bit of pressure off the RBA for next month. But still, I think there's probably two more rate rises coming and we probably just delayed the oh. inevitable. Uh, but look, I'll take a relief rally. That's great. Um, and then if we're talking about Harvey Norman specifically, I think Henry's summed it up pretty well. It's been really well run for, for, for Jerry and, and his family. Um, but in the context of sort of that uh, transparency piece, it's probably a bit harder to get a, a read on. And um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't need to labour that point. So from my point of view, Henry's spot on. There's plenty of um, quality retailers about, you know, I don't mind JB Hi-Fi either. Certainly Levisa's in there in the mix. 
but uh, Harvey Norman probably wouldn't be uh, in my top three retailers. Yeah, okay. <coughs> All right. So um, I'll just uh, take you a look at La Visa, up 61 cents today. It was $27 around, when was it, uh, about March, now $18.75. Um, so Daniel Ortiz from uh, Stock Doctor um, mentioned them on um, on Monday as well, saying he was more interested in terms of retailers and companies like that. LaVisa's really been smacked around. So interesting. Business. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a look at the stocks you want us to, uh, to cover today. And Andrew, first up, Melissa wants a view on Race Oncology. Um, as the name implies, it's um, um, into a, a anti-cancer drug. Uh, what's it called? Xantrine, uh, which is in <coughs> phase two of three um, trials overseas as well. So it's a fair fair way along the track. Um, what do you think of race oncology? Yeah, so uh, an eclectic mix of companies today, Koshi. This is certainly one of a few that I haven't sort of uh, had an opportunity to turn my mind to before. So it's great that we get to see these ones. Um, you know, first things I look at is does anybody else follow it? How big is the company? How much turnover there is? So no one follows it as in an institutional land. Um, about $200 million market cap and about $200,000 a day in turnover. So it's not terrible, but $200,000 a day is not, you know, earth shattering either. Performance hasn't been too bad. It's up about 30% per annum over the last three years. So it's performed pretty well. Um, you know, again, my sort of amber lights, new CEO, um, what are they going to sort of be doing with the business? New chair as well, if I remember correctly. Um, they've got plenty of money in the bin. They've got about four and a half years worth of cash. Probably the most interesting though, Koshi, I found was that there's eight and a half thousand shareholders. And if you look at the top 20 shareholders, there's not a lot of sort of institutional interest there. Lots of self-managed super funds, lots of individuals, that type of thing. So I guess what I'm saying is, might have a heap of promise. And if it does continue to kick on, if the institutions start following it, that might sort of give it a bit of a, a boot along. But otherwise, yeah, from my point of view, I'm always a bit, dubious is probably a harsh word, but I'm always a bit cautious on biotechs. They either tend to yep. do really, 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 yep. really, really well or really, 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 really badly. So, you know, plugging an ETF, I'd probably be more inclined to do something like Cure. QRE, and that sort of buys a basket of about 100-odd biotechs, more US-focused, not detracting from the oncology message from um, RAC at all, but really you're just sort of putting your money on the nose and going, I hope. Yeah. Whereas if you buy, if you, and I'm a firm believer in biotechs, but I think there's a better way to do it, a more balanced, a more diversified way. So this one I'm happy to watch, um, but it's certainly not a sell, not but it's fair. not a buy either. Okay. Henry? Um, well, this is going to make life interesting because I can't actually hear Andrew. So oh. I've been trying to lip read what he's been oh, saying. Okay. So if I repeat uh, what he said, yeah. then uh, you'll have to forgive me uh, with this one. I know it's uh, not always good to oh, hear. Did you hear him before? I did hear him before, oh, okay. but now I don't hear him again. So, okay. so right. maybe, we'll check uh, that. Maybe that needs to be checked. But uh, yeah, Race Oncology, RAC, um, not the biggest market cap, has got some cash. Uh, Xantrine is their uh, uh, big... Uh, oncology uh, drug treatment, which they're uh, providing uh, trials for. I've got to say, it looks as if it's one of those stocks that's been sold off a little bit. 
prior to the June tax year. Right. Um, it has had a little bit of a bounce recently. They've just completed uh, their buyback, which uh, I'm sure Andrew talked about. So it's 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 interesting. I, I guess you know, for me, it's a question. Sometimes with with biotechs, you're investing with your heart, not your head, yep. um, because you want them to succeed. You know, we've all been touched yep. and personally touched by various different diseases, cancer especially, that you want them to succeed. So you tend to overlook some of the, the issues. I don't think this has got major red flag issues. It has been on a bit of a slide for a while. Um, the buyback hasn't really arrested that slide, right. but we are seeing some signs of life. They have got, uh, I think it was around uh, 30 million bucks in cash. Uh, obviously trials are expensive. Uh, it's not something that uh, that you can't do without money for. So. Um, it's really not for me at the moment. Okay. But and uh, Andrew's suggesting an ETF cure. Wouldn't he? Uh, of course he, he would. would uh, I, don't, I don't even have to, to, to get I don't even have to hear that to know that. <laughs> it's to it's get like some, psychic. To get some diversity. But also yeah. the point that you make that you investing with your heart in that is because you want them desperately to succeed. Howard Coleman, when he comes up against these says just why don't you donate your money to them and at least you get a your tax, tax deduction, deduction. Uh, rather than just lose half your money. <laughs> well, I, I guess that... <laughs> which, uh, which that's, that's if, actually, if you really love it... That, that's um, actually want, not a uh, bad way. I, you know, that's an interesting way of looking at it. It is an interesting way of looking at it. I, I guess some of these do come off. Yeah. Some of them do, do work. Some of them have been extraordinarily successful over the years. Um, but they do take a long time. You've got to be patient yeah. with these biotechs. Uh, milestones, trials, yeah. got to have cash, cost more money than you think. So uh, not for and me. often a binary outcome too. Often a binary outcome, yes. Yeah. Single product biotechs can be tricky. Okay. All right. Um, Andrew Carl wants a view on Centrix, which is our next stock. Uh, this is, uh, um, what is it? Uh, they've got a potash. Uh, project, the Ardmore Phosphate Project and the Oxley Potash Project. Um, what do you think of Centrax? So uh, number two in the eclectic mix for today. Um, again, you know, I was sort of lamenting a $200 million market cap. We seem to be working our way down where this one's an $89 million market cap and about $136,000 a day changing hands. So again, you know, turnover isn't flash, no consensus. So again, we can't be guided by the institution, institutional analysts who follow it. But as you're saying, it's sort of involved in that potash and also phosphate side. And interestingly, they've got a number of um, take-up agreements, including with Samsung, as an example. Um, and in fact, the last quarter, they were cash flow positive. Uh, they're holding about $5 million in cash. So with a lot of these businesses, you know, the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at their quarterly report and seeing how much cash they're burning uh, as to how many more quarters they're going to sort of have before they need to go cap in hand to their uh, loyal shareholders saying, please, sir, can I have some more? Well, in this particular case, the last quarter they were cash flow positive. So that's not the case. Um, and as we just saw with the performance, um, performance the last 12 months up about 26% and up 75% per annum over the last three years. So, you know, I, I think on, on balance, Koshi, this might be a spec buy. I, mm. I don't sort of mind the look no. of this one. Um, okay. but, but bearing in mind, it's not for the faint of heart because, again, it's 
an $89 million company. But at this early stage in that sort of um, ag space relating to sort of the the, uh, the things they're involved with, having those agreements in place, having those strong counterparties, um, albeit $5 million in the bank isn't a lot to get excited about, but if they can keep on going the way they're going. So I, I think we'll give this a spec by Koshi. Okay, all right. Um, Henry, a lot of people would be saying, hey, BHP's getting into potash. That's the new direction of the big Australian. So, Slowly. hey, here's, a, here's a, a little group that could be doing the same thing. I've got to say, I'd never heard of this stock before right. um, Before I was asked about it. So that's never a great thing, is it? Their IR is obviously failing if someone like me who does <laughs> like the odd spec stock has never really heard of this one. Yeah, message um, for industrial, uh, yeah. for the investor relations people. Yeah, message out there. Please get in touch because I'd like to hear more. Uh, phosphate, uh, yes, BHP getting into that, of course, in, uh, in Canada. Uh, it's been a long time coming for BHP. It's yes. been a long time coming for Centrex as well. They are just starting to ship product now, which is obviously good. They haven't got a lot of cash, uh, which is obviously not so good. Uh, it's relatively thin and it's been just churning around 14, 14 and a half cents for a little while. It's had the odds spike up on some good news. I, I'm kind of heading towards the spec buy with, with Andrew as well on this mm. one, only because of the thematic. Uh, about phosphate feeding the world, etc., and uh, the fact that it is now starting to ship product, which is obviously good news. Uh, it's it's not the the biggest or the best product uh, project in the world, um, but um, you know they are doing what they said they do. Okay. It has taken a long time, so maybe maybe this is you know 14 cents. There's probably not so much downside at the moment, unless of course they do a cap raise. Right. Okay. So. Uh, in fact, um, we'll chase up the um, the bosses of Sendrex, see if we can get them on the uh, on the small cap segment that uh, yeah. we do here on Ausbiz and find out a bit more about them. All right, uh, another stock that um, you know a lot about uh, has been around for a long time, although it's changed its name. It used to be the old Patrick's uh, Cube Holdings. Um, they call themselves. Logistic solutions largely focus on import and export supply chains. Basically, they run uh, container terminals and things like that, don't they? So it's not not quite a uh, a wise tech, but no, it's not quite as sexy as a wise no, tech, is it? No, no, no. Uh, I guess one of the big attractions of this uh, was the uh, the whole Moorpark infrastructure uh, thing that they had, and the fact that they were uh, you know a massive part of the infrastructure. It hasn't really done much it has been slip sliding away um it hasn't really done much it, it's pretty hard to get excited about this most of the brokers tend to have a little bit of a higher price target on this but uh, i seem to remember they flogged off the more uh the uh, the big asset they had they made a couple of acquisitions recently right. some in new zealand um it's yeah it's probably a hold at these kind of levels i must admit it's it's hard to get excited about this one just at the moment yeah um, and of course, uh, they own the uh, uh, shipping container terminals. They're yep. in Southeast Asia as well, grain storage, all of that, sort of the, the old school logistics. Um, Andrew, what do you think of Cube? Sorry, there was just uh, the one ambulance in Toowoomba going past. No, I shouldn't make those jokes. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, Are you feeling okay? In yeah, no, everything okay, flying past. I'm paying attention. Um, <laughs> from, I, I agree. I think, you know, we was, I was talking about the first two companies being 
uh, eclectic. I don't think you could use that tag for Cube. It's a ten. Uh, sorry, it's a five billion dollar company, about ten million dollars a day in turnover. So certainly one of the, the bigger ones out there. Highly leveraged to economic activity. You know, if there's less people moving goods about, then that's obviously going to be an issue. And in some of their recent announcements, they are also talking about labour shortages. And obviously, they're not the only businesses, but that would also continue to impact them as well. I guess my concern, Koshi, is that they're fairly highly priced. 21 times uh, you're being asked to pay relative to the market, which is at around 19 times. And that's fine if you've got some growth coming through, but it, EPS growth is only forecast to be around 2% per annum next year. So I'm being asked to pay 10 times, uh, sorry, 10% rather above the market price, and yet I'm only getting 2% earnings growth. So right. from my point of view, it's it's overpriced. Right. Probably about 250 is where I'd be interested. It's a quality business, but it's not value. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, now, uh, Whisperer Ben wants a view on the Global X India Nifty 50 um, ETF. For those who uh, see uh, India as the, the next economic boom after um, uh, Prime Minister Modi had his recent visit talking up the country and its investment potential. I just have to briefly share this, Koshi uh, and Henry. Uh, one of an Osbers viewer called me yesterday. Hello, Mark. And Mark says, oh, the whisperer. <laughs> I've gone there. Henry Jennings has so much to answer for. Yeah, you, you so should, much to answer Yeah, yeah, you should start doing T-shirts. <laughs> should. I think. Some merch. Yeah, anyway, some um, merch. <laughs> If we, if, I'll go fifty-fifty with the uh, with the uh, profits, Henry. Anyway, um, I actually good. don't mind. I actually don't mind this whole thematic Koshi. I was at a, as we spoke about last time we chatted, I was at a recent conference and uh, talking about <coughs> India, one of the standout economies uh, at the moment, and projected to grow by about seven uh, percent per annum through to twenty thirty. <coughs> part due to population growth and, in fact, their economy being bigger than China's by 2030. Mm. So um, I'm really quite keen on the Indian thematic. And so this is probably my ETF of choice to do that. So it's only got about $50 million funds under management. The MER, the cost of holding, <coughs> at 60 basis points. And as the name suggests, it invests in the top 50 companies in India, uh, Reliance, Infosys, H, uh, HDFC Bank, over the last 12 months up about 16% and over the last three years up about 17% per annum. So if you're trying to give yourself exposure to a growing part of the world and, you know, Europe's in recession, US is um, coming off the boil, then certainly ASEAN countries are places to, uh, to look at. On the drop last week, uh, I covered off on a couple of other ETFs to think about as well, but out of the three I mentioned, this is probably my favourite. So it's mm. a buy, Koshi. Okay. All right. Uh, Henry, what do you think about... Uh, sort of everyone's talked up India for decades, haven't they? And every Australian company that goes there loses money yeah. and ends up coming out again. And I don't know whether I've been a bit scarred over the last 30 years. Yeah. Sort of India's potential never quite comes off because of the <laughs> lack of transparency. Governance is horrible over there. Yeah, I remember many years ago there was a Indian LIC, which I got really excited about for the, the thematic. This is before yeah. ETFs. This is a long time ago. 
and it was an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, it really was a bad performer, plagued with transparency issues. Uh, I think they wound it up eventually. Uh, I can't even remember what it was called, but this one is not of that ilk. Right. Uh, this is an ETF, obviously, as Andrew says, top 50 in India, Nifty 50, great name. And at the moment, I guess with Modi going to New York and all the other things that are going on in China, it's hard to know really what's going on in China. Everyone's sort of calling for stimulus, but they seem to be doing it very, very gradually, uh, to say the least. So India has taken away, taken off, I guess, in our, in our thinking about growth markets. It's, mm. the, it's a democracy. It's the world's biggest democracy. Um, and of course, Modi's a bit of a rock star. We had the whole stadium performance. So I don't mind this one at all. It's had some pretty he, good performance. He's tough. He is tough. He's um, sort of yeah. very right-wing. And he is. He's kind of the Donald Trumpy um, version in, yeah. in, in India. So yeah. um, there's a lot of love and there's also a lot of hate, I think, for him yeah. amongst some, uh, some minorities. But that doesn't disguise the fact that at the end of the day, you know, India is, is the cradle to yeah. some extent of, of IT. You know, yeah. everyone outsources, etc., and they have a very, very experienced and uh, expert workforce there. They've got, um, if they can get the transparency right, uh, which it appears they're doing, um, you know, they continue to do well. It's a big democracy, a lot of people, a lot of opportunities there. So, and we're starting to, I guess, Australian companies are starting to look at it properly, and all that promise of China that's kind of oh. been. Now, not thwarted, but sort of knocked on the head a little bit because of various things that have happened in China uh, against Australia. I think India opens up those those um, those investment opportunities. Okay. So it's a buy. So a buy yeah. as well. Okay. All right. Um, our next uh, stock is another ETF, Andrew. And uh, Jewan wants a view on the iShares Core S&P 500 ETF. Koshi, dare I say it, this one's really easy. And what I mean by that is if you're trying to get exposure to the US, and you know the US is 70% of yeah. the world economy, and you want exposure to the top 500 companies in the US, this is the product for you. Oh, okay. Um, oh. So it's from iShares, BlackRock, $5.7 billion uh, under management. Uh, the fee is incredibly friendly, four basis points. Right. So I was just saying before when we were talking right. about the Nifty 50, 69 basis points. Right. This one is four basis what, points. What happened, in, so, what happened in November on that chart? Did they do a, um, did a, a split? A split, right. Okay. So basically, yeah. So the, the chart you're showing, I'm guessing, is split unadjusted, if I right. can put it that way. Uh, okay. Um, so I think it was one for 10 from memory. Right. So, yeah, uh, so really, all you're doing is you're buying the S&P 500. Right. So if you believe right. that the US is going to continue humming along uh, and you want exposure to that, this is a product to do that. But I'm sure Henry in a minute will also talk about the concentration risk within the S&P 500, where there's probably only around seven or eight companies that are doing the heavy lifting or your tech focus names. And in fact, there's the other 400 odd that are sort of languishing because of concerns around the US economy. So really, that's what I'm saying. It's really easy. You like the US. This is one for you to buy. Okay. Certainly a core holding in our portfolio. Um, the other one, just briefly, is a counterweight because, again, it's very heavy tech. We really like QUS, 
So yeah. QUS from beta shares is equal weight. So instead of having, um, you know, heavyweight, 26% technology, et cetera, it buys all 500, but it's only a quarter of a percent weighting for each, each. particular share. Oh, okay. So oh. you get a much more diversified. So one way to play it, Koshi, might be IVV at one end, QUS at the other end. You get that broad-based US mm. exposure, but you, you're not loading yourself up on tech should tech start coming back off. But I like it. It's a buy. Okay. All right. Uh, that's All a good tip. Uh, uh, Henry? Um, yeah, I mean, it does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? And it does yeah. it very cheaply. Uh, it's the S&P 500. It is concentrated risk, as the uh, the whisperer does point out, because the magnificent seven, these are the seven big stocks that have been driving the US, the likes of Alphabet, Facebook, um, Google, yeah. um, obviously Amazon, Alphabet, Amazon, US. Tesla, NVIDIA. These are all these big... Uh, Apple, these are all these magnificent seven stocks that have been driving things higher. So you could get the same exposure through the NASDAQ ETF because they're a big part of that as well. Um, And you could then go for an equal weight. So you could probably do a portfolio diversification by getting the equal weight that Andrew talks about, the QUS, and then a NASDAQ one, which gives you a kind of a diversification on one hand because of the equal weight. Uh, portfolio, and then on the other hand, you're getting the concentration risk that you choose in the NASDAQ, whereas the S&P 500 is giving you that concentration risk, but you think you're buying the S&P 500. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it's, you know, if you like the US economy, and it's the world's biggest economy, the US market's the world's biggest market. If you like that, it has been uh, a winner over the years. It's been a great wealth uh, driver. So nothing wrong with this, very low fees, okay. good manager, it's not rocket science. If you like yeah. the US market, this is one to buy. But just beware. Just be careful that you know what you're buying because the likes of NVIDIA, Apple, Tesla, etc., are a big part of this performance. And have, a, have skewed perception of the American market. Everyone's they going, have. gee, American market's going well. Yeah. Well, those seven stocks have done well. Those seven Everyone stocks else have done is... well. The hope is, I guess, this is the hope, is that the, the base broadens yeah. and that we get a broader market rally as the US market continues to push higher people recycle out of the apples into the smaller companies but the smaller ones don't have the impact so the big ones are still going to be driving things okay all right let's uh check the first five stocks in our stock of the day here on the call today um harvey norman a no from both andrew and henry uh they both if you want uh to look at retailers and and maybe you're thinking this low inflation figure today or put interest rates on pause, stop the economy going into a recession, and maybe there's a bounce. Um, if there is a bounce in retailers, they would prefer the likes of La Visa and Premier Investments. Uh, Race Oncology, a no from both. Um, Andrew says, if you like those biotechs and want a basket, uh, the ETF Cure, uh, C-U-R-E, um, gives you a, a basket mainly of uh, US biotechs. Centrex, a spec buy from both Q and no from Andrew, a hold from Henry. Uh, Global X India Nifty 50, um, a buy from both, and the iShares S&P 500, a buy from both as well. Uh, here on the call, we've been following our own uh, fantasy portfolios picked by the Investment Committee. Uh, the June Investment Committee meeting is on the platform right now, ausbiz.com, if you want to see how the uh, the committee goes about making their decisions and the rationale behind it. Uh, going into June, South 32 was replaced by Altium, Woodside removed, 
its weighting of 3% was split between CSL, Linus and West Farmers. Elders was removed, its weighting split um, uh, across the added Avita Medical and RPM Global. And the fund is up about 5% at the moment. And uh, um, if you, um, the next committee meeting will be on the platform next week. Um, this half hour, we're going to take a look at EQ2, EQT holding, uh, Noble Oak, Life, Jupiter Mines, Pantoro and Fletcher Building. All right. Angela wants to view Henry on EQT. It's not a, uh, a hotel chain, but the old... What was it? Equity trust, equity trustees. Equity trustees. Steves, yes. Yeah, but big in Tasmania forever. from memory. Yeah. Um, yes. Trustee company. The problem with this one is not the company itself. The problem is liquidity. The problem is the amount of volume that trades in this one. It is a bit um, by appointment only. Uh, the volumes are very thin. Um, for instance, you know, on a day like today, there's a thousand shares traded. Oh wow. So um, that is the problem. You know, if, if you want, it's not so much if you, as a retail investor, if you want to get in because you're going to move the market a little bit, maybe buying your five, ten thousand dollars worth or yep. whatever. Uh, the problem is when an institution says, hey, my weighting is four percent in this and I want to go to two percent because of whatever. Um, and they then dribble stock out into the market or try and do some sort right. of uh, block trade. That is the problem. Uh, this one, certainly, you know, they're doing a review at the moment of their um, UK and Irish business from memory. Uh, they've also putting in synergies and uh, cost cutting um, uh, plans as well, which is good. Everything looks okay, I've got to say. There's nothing wrong with this company. The problem for me is that it is just too hard to get in and get out. And if it hasn't the big done much over the last and three years. And it hasn't done much. Traded it's it's kind band, of, it's traded in a band. You know, obviously there's some there's some big moves there, as you can see on that chart, you know, back in... Um, in well, when COVID hit. When you know. COVID hit. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those wealth managers, 155 billion funds under management and assets under management. So, it, you know, it's big, but, um, yeah, it's just... If you're going to go down that route, there's probably more exciting stocks. You may yeah. not particularly want exciting stocks, uh, but it's um, it'd be interesting to see what they come up with after the review of this um, right. the UK business, which uh, is in train at the moment. So you know, it's revenue 62.8 million, which was up 12.3 percent. It's not bad. Impact 7.6 million. Dividends 49 right. cents. That was yeah. right. So it's, revenue it's, of 62 million. Yeah, 62.8 on 100. On how many billion funds under management? Oh, that, that's also, uh, you know, it's it's assets as well. Oh, so right. it's it's kind of it's not so like not much uh, in fees on that. No, amount. it's not like Magellan. Right, um, it's okay. it's on the kind of the platform and, and things. Right, so, okay. Um, it's not quite the same, and that's up four point four percent last year. So you know, it's it's safe, it's dull, it's yeah. You're never going to go broke owning this one, and there's obviously there's a chance that there could be some industry consolidation as well. But it'd be interesting to see what comes out of this strategic okay. review. All right, so hold. A, a bit a hold, but better options in that sector. Probably, um, Andrew, uh, safe and dull. Does that appeal to you at all? Harmless is the term that I Harm had. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Yeah. Um, harmless. Yeah. 
Is is that a compliment back, Koshi? I'll let you and the Ausbiz listeners and viewers draw your own conclusion. Um, the, uh, just having a quick look at the percentage short, uh, percentage short is actually increasing, which to my learned friend's point is interesting because it's hard to actually get stock to begin with. But um, yeah, look, it, it, it's okay, um, but there's a couple of other things going on. They've recently just completed an acquisition and they did a $125 million uh, placement, which you were raising rather, and you would have thought that might have helped with liquidity, which it hasn't. That was, I think, September last year. And you're being asked to pay 21 times earnings, again, relative to the market at 19 times. EPS growth is meant to be pretty good next year, 21 times. Oh, sorry, 21% rather. So again, remembering the peg ratio, you're trying to buy businesses whose PE multiple is less than that earnings per share growth. So 21 and 21, you've got a peg of one. So not really that exciting. So yeah, it's it's a hold. It's harmless. All right. Um, if if you're an investor that's after harmless, uh, <laughs> do <stocks>. no harm. Jeez, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, you, you haven't set really a high bar in terms of uh, returns. Um, Andrew, uh, Ira wants a view on Noble Oak Life, one of the uh, the oldest life insurance companies here in Australia. Is that? Um, was Indeed, this, uh, was this the old odd fellows? No, no. No, this is another one. I've got to read this one out because I only found this one out this morning. The United Ancient Order of Druids Friendly Society of New South Wales. That's you right. stole That's my right. thunder. I thought uh, it was so good, that. You stole my thunder. So so this came out of... Uh, this is for people who believe in Stonehenge. It's and, there. It's and the story <laughs> behind it. And sort of the winter solstice, you would have been dancing around the fire. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let Henry tell the rest of the story. Needless to say, it didn't really sort of roll off the tongue, so perhaps Noble, Noble Oak was sort of yep. a, a better name for the business. All, all jokes uh, aside, again, though, it, it's, it wins lots of awards in terms of and consumer awards in that life insurance space. I, I didn't realise it was so well awarded, and then I was looking yeah. through one of its recent presentations, and it's not just one... Um, awards group, there's about five or six that actually say they're okay. So certainly, you know, um, hats off to them for that. Again, though, you know, one of the themes that have been cutting through today, apart from the eclectic nature of the names, uh, is also that lack of uh, liquidity or lack of um, daily traded. This company wins the award out of the 10 that we're looking at today or the 11 that we're looking at today, $12,000 a day, Koshi. So... um, yeah, that, I mean, I know that's just sort of the spare change in your car, but, you know, for us mere mortals, that's... Well, that's um, that's $12,000, not 12,000 shares. Dollars, right? $12,000. Yeah, that's a... Yeah, $12,000 share price so, is only about 6,000 yeah. shares. Yeah, it's pretty pretty underwhelming. Um, look... <laughs> It's, it's not a bad business. Um, I'm not even going to sort of use the harmless tag, but if and everyone's under a bit of pressure at the moment, you're, you're less likely to want to be sort of taking out life insurance in an environment where you're actually trying to sort of cut costs. And the company sort of opines about how they're moving to more of a direct model and all that sort of stuff. 
not saying it's a bad model, but I just think the macro situation in which they're facing is challenging. Uh, PE is not difficult. It's around 13 times earnings relative to their peers, which is 14 times. So again, it's okay. Consensus is about $2.50, but there's only three in the consensus. So I, wouldn't, I mean, it is consensus, but I wouldn't call that a, a wide um, group. So on balance, it's a hold. The chart looks terrible. Um, so I guess what I'm saying, well-run business, macro headwinds are challenging. It's a hold. Okay. Henry? 1861, the United Ancient Order of Druids Friendly Society of New South Wales was established and it became a mutual society in 1877. What were they? Sort of masons, were they? Uh, Well, I imagine so. Masons with more magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Masons with probably less clothes and dancing (laughs) around big rocks and big stones. Uh, It's it's kind of a fascinating history. And you look at the the, the graphics in the, the company history on it, uh, page is fantastic. Right. It's great. So the problem, as Andrew says, are lots. It just doesn't trade. Yep. Um, you do wonder why it's listed. I mean, there's, there's lots of reasons why these sorts of companies are listed. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing very exciting. As Andrew says, as consumers slow down, there is a danger uh, that we cut out some things that are easy to cut out. Insurance, I guess, is one of those, uh, whether it's life, pet, uh, or various other forms of insurance. Insurance is a massive, mm. massive cost. I had no idea. I was talking to my wife the other day about home and contents insurance. I was absolutely stunned at how much that cost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely stunned. Obviously, I've left that to, to Jane before and um, shouldn't have done. Uh, but, um, oh, that's well, no, a... I should have taken more of an interest in it because it's, it's you know, it's, it's four, a lot. It's four grand We're, a year. Yeah, no. And then you add in health insurance, car insurance, CTP, all the other things. The insurance industry is doing very, very nicely. Thank you. Uh, um, Lib looks after all our insurance as yeah. well, and she is a tiger. Uh, yeah. She she will not renew an insurance policy automatically. She goes to compare the market yep. uh, and on that platform and the amount of money she has saved well, from automatic increases is that, extraordinary. That's the crazy thing, isn't it? The, yeah. the companies reward you for jumping ship. Yeah. So they, they're trying desperately to get new customers, which is great, yeah. but they don't reward the loyal customers. Yeah. This really used to be a bugbear of mine. In the old days, I used to have a, a Vodafone uh, contract, and when it was up, they'd send me a new phone, brand new, top of the range, whatever, yeah. and it would just replace the old one. And I went through, I've now got an iPhone 8, by the way, because I'm so far behind the times. <laughs> but um, companies don't reward loyal customers and those are the ones that are easy to keep they're the sticky ones yeah going out and getting new business and doing big flashy advertising campaigns costs money and then the old guys leave and you replace them with the new at lower rates um i i yeah this one is not for me it's it's a hole it's too small too illiquid it's a great business they win lots of awards they they talk about being nimble um i guess if you're a druid you have to be pretty nimble (laughs) times change um, but yes, I, I, you know, direct to market, direct to the customer is, is a yep. good thing, cuts out the middleman, which is good. But I just think in this economic environment, yep. maybe it's one of those things you yep. cut back on. And also just the volume issue, it's just yep. hard work. Great, great products, yep. not great liquidity. Yep. Um, all right, let's uh, do something, hopefully that's a, a bit sexier. Omar, uh, Henry wants to be on Jupiter Mines, the iron ore and manganese exploration. And, um, producer at a WA in South Africa. I wish I could say this was sexier, but it's uh, not. Oh, um, 
it's 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 got potential to be sexy. Um, this what this is a, a big manganese uh, producer in South Africa. Uh, the Shippy Mine is the mine they own. Yeah. Uh, half of it, the Black Empowerment uh, people, uh, the other side of things, own uh, a big part of it as well. It pays wonderful dividends. Mm. Um, if you're looking for a resource stock that pays great dividends, fantastic. Uh, it does tend to pay really good dividends, but they do tend to be a bit capital return-like. Um, wow. and the share price takes forever to recover from the dividend payment, and the dividend is not um, sort of uh, in stone. It does tend to move around quite right. a lot. Okay. They did have some boardroom spills uh, a little while ago because it was just kind of sitting there doing nothing, counting the money from the manganese operation. Um, and a new mob came into town, uh, part of the old mob, but the new mob sort of took over. And there were lots of um, promises about you know, changing the way the company worked, expanding, uh, moving beyond the one asset, um, which of course then will affect the capital management and the dividend policy, because at the moment all the cash goes back to the shareholders yep. and none of it really goes into investing in the mine because there's no reason to, it, it just ticks along. Yep. So it's it's hard to get excited about this one. We don't know the plans. It has gone a bit quiet on the plans um, after all the sort of um, shenanigans at the boardroom level. Ah. I owned it for a long, long time because it paid a nice big fat dividend and it sort of gradually went from 20 cents to 25 cents and it would pay two or three cent dividend go to 22 cents and then gradually try and work its way back to 25 cents, pay the dividend and rinse and repeat. Um, Not that exciting. Okay, so not for you. Uh, Not now. Andrew? No, look, it's, as Henry says, it's an 8% dividend, albeit the the dividend, next dividend is not due till May 2024. So you've got to wait 300 odd days. So, uh, you know, again, you shouldn't be solely driven by income. That could be a reason not to particularly chase this one. Um, If you're having a look at that sort of manganese price, manganese price is on the rise, which is great. But um, in the short to medium term, there's concerns around China. And we spoke about before when we were talking about that Indian ETF. So from my point of view, it's a hold. I I can't find any compelling reason to be jumping in this one at this stage. All right. Henry, what about a gold explorer, Pantoro? Rebecca wants a view on that Um, project in WA and also the Kimberley region. Uh, just also merged with Tuller Resources, which is a UK company, oh. raised some money as well. Uh, they did a uh, $75 million capital raise, two in two tranches. Uh, they've got cash and gold, $83 million bucks. Um, mm. So it's, yeah, I mean, it sounds all good, doesn't it? But look at that chart. Yeah. It's, um, it's just kind of gone nowhere, done nothing. I guess... At a time, at a time, a six-month period when the gold price was pretty strong and yep. it had reasonable returns with some of the big producers. Yeah, it's got the Norseman project uh, in WA. Pantoro owned 50% of it. Uh, Tuller Resources, uh, the capital raise was at six cents, which is pretty much where it is at the moment. Uh, it's, yeah, <clears throat> it's hard to get excited. I think there'll be some bedding down of the, of the merger uh, to happen. And well, you, you, you wouldn't think from that chart in the no. last 12 months that the gold price was $3,000 uh, an ounce. No, no, that, that, is, that is part of the problem. I, th- I suspect part of the problem also is the fact that it was going through this merger with Tuller Resources. Right. Uh, they did do the capital raise at, looks like, pretty close to the low as well, right. um, raising that money. So maybe it's got potential to bounce back, especially given where we are in 
June tax year things. Yes, yes. So maybe as we uh, work through the indigestion from that uh, that capital raise, things will improve. But yeah, it's it's not the go-to, I guess, that you okay. would have if you wanted to play the gold market. And there are plenty of great. There are gold plenty of good gold producers. stocks that have been beaten up. Producers, explorers, yeah. Degray, Bellevue, those yeah. sorts of things that have been beaten up, left behind. So um, if, if you're looking for a punt and if you're looking for something that may be artificially held down a little bit in the short term, you know, this one could pop, but it's it's probably a trader's no. special more than a, a long-term hold. So not for you? Not really. Andrew? Yeah, a bit too exciting for Andrew the Boring, um, but having a look at the PE, PE of three, mm. you know, sort of re- makes that remotely interesting. The chart just looks absolutely dreadful uh, and it's lost 35% per annum for the last three years, so that's not okay. a bad effort. Um, the other thing is, though, they post-merger, they are talking about maybe spinning off that battery metal side of the business. Um, so again, you know, there might be something in it from that point of view, but yeah, I can think I can think of more reasons not to be there than yeah. to be there. So a and, couple of interesting parts on balance, no thanks. And and also you got to weigh up whether it would fit in your portfolio, twenty or thirty stocks, and um, just in the gold sector, well, would it be in your top five gold stocks if you wanted gold exposure? Probably and it not. Be. Yeah. No. All right, our, our final stock, uh, Andrew. Robert wants a view on Fletcher Building, uh, New Zealand-based building group, but also interests here in Australia as well. It's in uh, New Zealand's top 20 companies by market cap. Yeah, unsurprisingly, two-thirds of the revenue comes from New Zealand, but um, somewhat surprisingly, one-third comes from Australia. So, uh, you know, that, from that point of view, that's obviously the relevance for here, apart from being listed here, of course. About 50-odd percent of the business is still residentially focused. Uh, so, you know, with the New Zealand economy now entering into recession, albeit probably going to be a shallow recession, but nevertheless a, re- a recession, and uh, the RBNZ continuing to bash their economy with higher interest rates, you wouldn't think that's terribly friendly for resi property. Um, and the other thing that uh, Fletcher call out is that wet weather, and uh, that's probably an understatement. That's been pretty horrible over there, relating to all the weather events they've been um, going through. So, yeah. it's a solid yeah. business. I mean, it's a three point seven billion dollar market cap, about three million dollars a day in in, in sort of um, turnover. So we're not talking a minnow by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you're basically getting it on a PE of nine times. So that's you know pretty attractive from that point of view, but for all the macro reasons I just pointed out before, uh, it's a bit like retail. You know, there's some opportunities starting to poke their head up there, but you really don't want to be catching that falling knife. So uh, I think it's a hold. Okay, Henry. Um, I'd say it's probably a hold. Um, it has, ru- despite the fact that there is a recession in New Zealand, it has run quite hard off the uh, the mm. lows of March for about four bucks. So that's a pretty good thing. It looks like, um, to be honest, it looks like from me as a beginner chartist, it looks a bit like a bit of a double top here. So um, although it's a hold, probably for the long term, it may come back a little bit. It's just right. had an investor day, updated the market. Um, 800 million New Zealand dollars, which was a little bit below where the market was going for, but it seems to kind of shrug that off a little bit. Um, and I guess, you know, looking out beyond the horizon of the recession in New Zealand, looking out here as well, we saw some numbers out from the US last night, home sales going pretty well in the, in the yeah. US and, and that side of things, J- James Hardy going well. So 
I think it's an accumulate. If it has oh. that sort of double top, it falls down. Otherwise, if you're a long-term investor, it's probably a hold. Nothing right. very exciting about it, but it has rallied quite hard. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a hold, but could be just short-term topping out. Okay. And maybe, uh, maybe a chance to get it cheaper. All right, let's uh, recap the uh, final five stocks. Uh, EQT, the old equity trustees, a hold from both Henry and Andrew Noble Oak, similar. Uh, Jupiter, a hold from Andrew and no from... Uh, um, from Henry Pantoro, a no from both. Um, so many options in the gold sector. Henry likes um, groups like De Grey and, and Bellevue uh, rather than Pantoro. And Fletcher Building is a hold as well. Uh, just a quick programming note for you. Our next virtual investor event is coming up on July the 4th, hosted by... Ausbiz's uh, very own Logan Roy. Uh, yes, that's me. Uh, if you're not a billionaire media baron, it's worth joining this one. Uh, we are going to dig into the most common mistakes people make when transferring wealth to the next generation. And we'll do it better than Logan did. Uh, we'll be looking at estate planning, tax structures, family offices, business transfers, and philanthropy, plus plenty of opportunity to have your questions answered. Now, if you subscribe to our emails, and you should, uh, you'll find all the details in an invitation or just head to osbiz.co slash succession. All right, uh, Andrew Wyler from uh, DP Wealth Advisory. Uh, good, to, <laughs> good, to, good to see you. Um, we have just, uh, FYI, we have had massive response uh, to this uh, investor event next week on succession planning. So uh, it's, it's going to be it's, it's, it's a, a big, big issue. It's a big issue. Yeah, yeah. Big issue. Um, oh, it's, it's certainly huge in my client base. So, yeah, certainly the thematic is strong. Not so sure about that cover photo, but as long as you don't go to something. Hey, I'll see you. Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, none of my children in that, that's for sure. Henry (laughs) Jennings from Marcus today. Good to see you, mate. Pleasure. Uh, Talk again soon. That's it uh, for us. If you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panels, uh, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us. Uh, using the at Ausbiz TV handle. More of Ausbiz coming up. See you same time tomorrow for another edition of The Call. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.